Welcome to the House Podcast. We want to encourage you wherever you're at today. Reach out or email us at any time, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Hey, good morning. It's so good to be with you this morning. Uh, thank you, as Charlene said, to our worship team as well for being here bright and early. Uh, it gets, feels like it gets earlier the darker it gets outside in the morning, and so it was cold, it was early, they were here uh, practicing and uh, preparing for our time together. But I'm excited to continue in our series this morning called The Great Invitation. We've been this fall exploring what it means to follow Jesus, to, uh, to be his disciples. And we're going to continue that series as we talk this morning about how the Holy Spirit empowers us to do that, to follow Jesus. How the Holy Spirit empowers us to follow Jesus. I grew up in a small, non-denominational, uh, charismatic community in Cranbrook, BC. If those words mean nothing to you, that's okay. Uh, we had a church growing up. Um, it's hard to say exactly how many people, but I just remember like the families. Like I knew, I know all the families by name. There was probably like 80 of us. Maybe on a very good Sunday. 85. And my family, my parents had six. So there was eight of us. So like when we were gone, 10% of the church was gone. So it was, it was a whole, it was a whole thing. But my, my parents didn't grow up Christian. Um, they, they found Jesus a bit later on in life in their twenties and kind of early thirties. And, um, the community that they, they were kind of saved into, the, the community that sort of welcomed them and, and revealed Jesus to them was a, charismatic community, a community where um, the gifts of the Spirit were common and normal, things like speaking in tongues or prophecy or, or seeing the Holy Spirit work in miraculous ways. It was kind of a common thing. It wasn't weird. It was sort of normal in that church to experience, to, to, to experience kind of what we call outward manifestations of the Spirit, if you will. And this was the church I grew up in. And so like any kid, as you grow up, um, what you know is what you know. It wasn't weird or, or uh, you know, strange for me. Um, I, this was just the church I was a part of growing up. And so it was common for my parents to uh, be speaking in tongues over me, like as they, you know, sent me out the door to school or like um, to experience all sorts of strange things in church, uh, in church gatherings that they weren't strange for me because it was just what I knew. But eventually the church kind of dwindled a little bit. And more than that, um, there, were, there were no young people in this church. And that's, uh, parents will know, that's an important thing for your, your children. And so eventually we made the switch to a, uh, a different church in town, one that was um, a bit bigger a little bit more structured, uh, a little bit more predictable, and um, a, a little bit more conservative, actually quite a bit more conservative in nature. And uh, I had some great friends there. I got on the worship team. It was, it was a great time. And I suddenly realized um, my friends didn't have the same church experience as I did growing up. Um, their church experience was very different. Uh, the church that I went to, that we, that we switched to, talked very little about the Holy Spirit, like if at all. But we did talk a lot about 
scripture, about the Bible. In fact, we, we talked all the time about the Bible. And I started to make the connection that whenever um, we were, you know, think, talking about guidance or, or the, God leading us, the, the imperative was to go to scripture. Whenever we talked about God speaking to us, it was to go to scripture to see what scripture would say. And so my friends and I facetiously used to say <laughs> that our church believed in the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Scripture. Um, it's kind of a bad joke, but it was kind of true. We just didn't talk about the Holy Spirit at all. And I think for many of us, if we're honest, we have an interesting relationship with the Holy Spirit, don't we? Um, for some of us, we just can't get enough. We want every church gathering to turn into like a tent meeting revival session. We want the whole shebang. We want fireworks every Sunday. For others of us, we're just like, can we avoid that topic? Can we just like talk about the Bible and exegete scripture? But the reality is, if we're going to talk about following Jesus... We have to talk about the Holy Spirit, not just because we are a Pentecostal church, which like might be news to some of you. You're like, what the heck? How did I end up here? Uh, not just because we're a Pentecostal church, but because the two go hand in hand. Following Jesus and the Holy Spirit go hand in hand. In fact, when Jesus is about to leave his disciples, he's, they've been following him for three years. He's about to leave them to continue his ministry he says these words, he says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. A little later, he says this, it is to your advantage that I go away. So they're, they're learning to follow Jesus, and Jesus says, it's actually better if I go, for if I don't go, the helper, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you, but if I do go, I will send him to you. So Jesus didn't leave his disciples on their own to kind of figure out how to follow him after he was gone. He sent the Holy Spirit. He promised to send a helper, to be with them, to teach them, to empower them to continue doing what Jesus had been doing in his ministry. And so it's not, it's not as though as we can, you know, sort of take the whole following Jesus piece over here, but like scrap the whole Holy Spirit stuff over there. The two go hand in hand. It's not just for the crazy Pentecostals down the road. God gives us his Holy Spirit to empower us to follow him, to do his work. And right before Jesus is about to ascend to heaven, it's his last moments with his disciples in Acts chapter one. He says this, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. You will receive power. I wonder how those words kind of strike you this morning. In the Old Testament, what we find is that when God gave his Holy Spirit, he, he did, he, he empowered people, but it was for particular people at a particular time for a particular task. If you think about like Moses or David or Samson or Joshua, God gave his spirit to those particular people to empower them to do a particular task, to lead or to rule or to speak but as the Old Testament goes on, the writers of the, new, the, writers of the uh, scripture begin to foreshadow a time when God will do something different, 
when God's spirit will be poured out on all people. Most notably, Joel chapter two, God says this through the prophet Joel. He says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And so when Jesus starts talking about sending the Holy Spirit, he's talking about this promise is about to be fulfilled that this promise that the Holy Spirit will come, and it's not just for particular people at a particular time for a particular task, but that he is for all people. That God is doing something new. He's pouring out his Spirit on all people, regardless of age or gender or ethnicity or social status. His Spirit will empower his people. He will literally give them power. I've been a part of communities where the idea of power is always, always, always uh, in reference to like signs and wonders, like the miraculous, the spectacular. But I wanna suggest that there's another form of power that comes from the Holy Spirit. That when Jesus says, you will receive power, he's not just talking about the spectacular. In fact, you might characterize the power of the Spirit in two ways, in subtle ways and in spectacular ways. The Holy Spirit first works in subtle ways. See, there's a power that comes from the Holy Spirit that is hidden. It's kind of unseen. It's sort of underneath the surface of our lives. Uh, we've been talking in this series about how to follow Jesus, to, to reflect him to the world around us. And you might be listening going like, man, that's a impossible task to reflect Jesus. Like, I'm just trying to pay my bills and you know, make ends meet here. Now you want me to like reflect the living God to the world around me. But God gives us his spirit to empower us, to literally give us power to be his witnesses. Think about Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, his kind of famous, most classic block of teaching from Matthew 5 to 7, his sort of manifesto on what it means to follow him. There's all sorts of really challenging teachings in that, uh, in that block of scripture. Think about like, love your enemies. That's, it's so hard. If you've ever tried loving your enemies, it is hard. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Or if you think about Jesus, uh, everyone's favorite command from Jesus, do not worry. You're like, how are you doing with that one? Do not worry, Jesus says, like period. You're like, that's impossible. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Or when Jesus says, don't look at another person with lustful intent. You might go, how is that possible in our hypersexualized culture today where sexual content is just everywhere all of the time? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, or kind of the crux of Jesus' teaching and mission. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. That sounds like an impossible task on our own. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Paul says it this way in 2 Corinthians 3. He says, the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. So underneath the surface of what we see, the Holy Spirit is at work making us more like 
Jesus. It's not always flashy or sexy or comes with fireworks. You might not even realize it, but in the hidden secret places of your life and heart, the Holy Spirit is at work. When you pray a simple prayer like, God, help me not be angry, you are invoking the Spirit's power in your life. When you feel convicted about something, or when you open scripture and something sticks to your heart, you are receiving the Spirit's power in your life. When you feel a nudge to invite someone over for dinner or to be generous or to serve in some way, you are living into the Spirit's power in your life. When you choose not to gossip about someone, even though it feels so good to gossip about someone, you are actually stepping into the subtle power of the Holy Spirit who is making you more like Jesus. Sometimes the power of the Spirit is subtle. Paul puts it this way in Galatians. He says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Do you see how subtle that is? Like, it's not always signs and wonders. Sometimes the Spirit's power in our life looks like kindness or patience or self-control. So ordinary, so under the surface, so easily missed. And yet the Holy Spirit is at work. Do you realize, do you know that the Spirit of God is at work in your life, making you more like Jesus in subtle, secret ways, in the day-to-day -day decisions as you step into following Jesus, that the Holy Spirit is working in your heart to make you more like Jesus. But the Holy Spirit also works in spectacular ways. You cannot read your New Testament without recognizing that sometimes God works in the spectacular. In fact, right after Acts chapter one, we get Acts chapter two, where the, the Holy Spirit comes, it's the day of Pentecost, and there's like a rushing wind, there's tongues of fire, people are speaking in tongues, people are hearing the gospel in their own language. There's all sorts of spectacular moments happening to the disciples in this upper room whether it's the gifts of the Spirit or prophetic gifts or speaking in tongues or words of wisdom or knowledge or healing, physical, spiritual, emotional healing or other miracles or just simply hearing the voice of the Spirit in your life, sometimes the Holy Spirit works in the spectacular. Before I came to the house as a pastor, I was working uh, in a coffee shop and I was doing some further education and um, my wife and I were sort of praying for an opportunity, for uh, a church opportunity that seemed to fit me well. And um, it was a, a little bit tricky because I was pretty committed to not becoming a youth pastor, not because there's anything wrong with a youth pastor. Um, youth pastors have like the hardest job ever. And I was gonna be like the lamest youth pastor. Like absolutely, you're like, we know. Um, just like, like, in fact, Matt, uh, our youth pastor, he is at a youth retreat this weekend. And he's, he came in on Friday afternoon, he cracks a Red Bull, he just like starts chugging it. I'm like, Matt, what's going on? He's like, Saturday night at 2 a.m., we're waking all the kids up. We're doing a puzzle. And I was just like, Matt, Bless you, you are a gift to our church. His youth leaders, his youth leaders were like, when are we supposed to sleep? He's like, you'll sleep after. 
So that's where Matt is this morning. But I knew, like, that is not for me. I, that's like, I like my sleep, I like my slow morning, my cup of coffee. But that kind of limited my options in some ways as like a, you know, a young 20-something, you know, recent graduate. Um, but one day I was driving and I got a call from Ryan Deswan, who was a pastor here at the house at the time. And he just said, um, hey, I wanted to let you know that um, we're going to be hiring a part-time connections pastor at the house uh, later on in this year. And I thought of you. And so we chatted briefly about the position and, uh, you know, it was kind of, uh, got a few details about what, what it might look like. There was no job description. There was, there was no uh, formal ask. It was literally just, hey, you know, we had this conversation about possibly hiring someone later in the year and I thought of you. And it's hard to explain exactly what happened in that moment, but I got off the phone and, um, and if you have experienced this, you will know what this feels like. Um, I felt the Holy Spirit just say, like, this is it. Like, this is it. And, um, and I just knew in that moment, like, we're going to the house. And I went home that night, and I told Carissa, we're going to the house. And she was like, the house? What? Um, I was so certain that the Holy Spirit had spoke to me in that moment, that he just said, this is what's next. And it would be like over five months until I got hired. Um, Chad went on vacation, stopped returning my calls, stopped returning my emails. It was like, at one point, we were actually ready to like give up the, the, the idea of going to the house. We thought like, maybe, maybe I actually heard the spirit wrong. Maybe it was my own just desires. Um, but here we are, four and a half years later. And sometimes we do hear God through scripture. I love scripture, as you know. Sometimes we do, um, we, we hear God's voice through scripture. Sometimes we, we feel God's direction through scripture. But sometimes the Holy Spirit shows up in a moment and speaks to you and drops something into your heart that is unplanned and sometimes unexplainable. It's hard to put words to it, but you know when you know. Sometimes the Holy Spirit works in the spectacular. And maybe you're thinking like, why does God do that? Why doesn't he just like make it easy, like give us a roadmap? Why does God do the, the, the spectacular? Because it's not to show off. God is not like an insecure, child who needs to showcase how strong and mighty he is. That's not how he works. He doesn't do signs or wonders to show how powerful or great he is. God uses the spectacular to build his church, to reveal who Jesus is and to build his church. Just as Jesus is revealed in our lives in subtle ways, as we lean into the gifts of the Spirit, as we lean into the fruit of the Spirit, as we become more like Jesus, and some of you, that is your story. You're like, I was a different person five years ago, and I don't know where it happened, but somehow through the power of the subtle work of the Holy Spirit, I'm a different person. Just as Jesus is revealed in that way, sometimes he is revealed in spectacular ways. Paul says this to the Corinthians, to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. He uses the spectacular to build his church. The spectacular power of the Spirit is given to us to build up his church. And this is the whole point of prophetic gifts. 
when Paul writes to the Corinthians in, in 1 Corinthians 12 to 14, he says this, he says, one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages others, and comforts them. The, right, the goal of, of, of prophecy is not to like have a badge of honor that says, you know, I'm gifted in a certain way. The goal is for the benefit of other people to build up Jesus's church. We need these gifts. We need prophecy. We need words. We need the Holy Spirit active and alive and speaking to us. We need the spectacular power of the Holy Spirit. There was a Sunday night um, before COVID uh, where it had been a, a long day for me. Um, we have three services on Sunday and uh, we're here early and we stay late and um, it just ends up being like a long day. So by the end of the, the, end of the day, um, the, the, after the, the evening service, I'm like mostly spent. Uh, I'm an introvert, so you, you kind of generally freak me out a little bit, but um, three services of, of you is a lot. And so um, by like 8 p.m. on Sunday night, I can just feel, I'm like, I'm exhausted. Um, and I was, uh, it was a Sunday night. I was over by the water cool cooler getting some water. And um, there was another guy there getting water. And uh, we just started chatting a little bit. And, um, you know, he's just talking about how the service was great. I loved it. And I just, I think I asked him, you know, have you been here before? No, I've never been here before. And as we're talking, I just feel so strongly, again, it's hard, sometimes hard to put words to it, but I just felt in the moment, this guy needed prayer. And before I could even like process the thought I had, the words just came out of my mouth and I just said, can I pray for you? And he's just kind of looked at me, paused, and then said, actually, yes. <laughs> and he said, um, I've been unfaithful to my spouse. And she just found out like yesterday and my marriage is on the rocks. And so there by the water cooler, we pray together and I get to encourage him and bless him and pray for his marriage and call it a word of knowledge, call it a prophetic word, call it whatever language you want and that's comfortable for you. Sometimes the Holy Spirit just drops something into your mind or your heart that is there to build up his church. We need the spectacular power of the Spirit in our midst. It's not always planned. Sometimes it's spontaneous. Sometimes it feels like a risk. Sometimes it feels a bit weird. But we need the power of the Spirit in our midst. Depending on your church background, your experience, you will probably lean one way or another. To the subtle work of the Spirit, you're like, I get that. I'm there. Fruit of the Spirit, joy, peace, totally easy. Or to the spectacular power of the Spirit. But the reality is, for us who follow Jesus, we need both. We need both. And here's the thing. The spectacular power of the Spirit is not reserved for, like, the spiritual elite. Sometimes we sort of take ourselves out of the equation. In fact, in a minute, um, we'll have an opportunity for you to share Maybe you feel like there's something on your heart for our community this morning. We want to make room for that in a minute. Maybe you feel like there's something God is just pressing on your heart for our community. We want to open it up to you to, to see what God might share through you. 
The power of the Holy Spirit is not reserved for pastors or missionaries or like the super spiritual, the crazy charismatics down the road. The Holy Spirit is given to each one of us. And the early church understood God was doing something new. He was, he was pouring out his spirit on all people, men, women, young, old, rich, poor, Jew, Gentile, like the spirit of God was being given to the church. Paul says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you know that the Holy Spirit wants to work in spectacular ways through you? That the Holy Spirit wants to work through you, yes, you, in spectacular ways. Sometimes we take ourselves out of the equation. We think the gifts of the Spirit are for someone else. Surely not me. Like, I'm so normal. I'm just, I'm just here. I've got my coffee. I'm singing. I'm just like doing my thing. Not me. Yes, you. The Holy Spirit is given to each of us. And sometimes we take ourselves out of the equation without even realizing it. But Scripture is clear. God uses the most ordinary, average people to work through, to, to reveal himself and to build his church. Paul says to the Corinthians, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. He gives a spirit to each one of us. Inevitably, the question that we face pretty quickly is, how do I know if something is from God or just my own thoughts or feelings or emotions? How do I know if it's, it's God who's speaking through me or just me? And the truth is, the short answer, you never fully know. <laughs> you will never know fully. That's why we live by faith. That's why we need faith. You will never be fully certain, but you can practice hearing the voice of God. And as you practice it, you can become more familiar with his voice. Like any relationship, you become familiar with his voice. Not in a thus saith the Lord kind of way, but in a this is what I feel God might be saying kind of way. Or here is a thought or a picture or a word I feel God might have for you. We don't say it authoritatively as if there's no room for discernment, but we do say it in a way uh, that, that, that honors the other person, that gives them the ability to discern what is from God. You will never be totally certain, but so often it's in taking a risk that we see the power of God revealed. It's in taking a risk that we see the power of God revealed. And so this morning I thought, you know, um, the team is gonna come, the, the, the worship team's gonna come, uh, but I thought instead of actually closing with a worship song, we could just make some space to take a risk together. Uh, we could take some. Uh, we could make some space to uh, share together. Maybe this morning you feel kind of one of two things. Maybe this morning you actually feel like there's something kind of pressing on your heart. God is sort of stirring something in you—a theme, a thought, a scripture, a word—that uh, you want to bless our community with. Um, we'd love for you to come to the front and share that with our community. Maybe you feel like God is, has been in, in the worship, God was kind of stirring something up in your mind or your heart where you just feel like, man, I wanna share this. I wanna bless our community with this word, with this picture, with this thought. We wanna make room for that this morning. 
Or maybe you have a recent story, a testimony of, of how God was at work in your life, how you witnessed God show up in a subtle way or in a spectacular way that you would just bless our community with this morning to, to share with, to encourage our community. Uh, I'd love for you to come to the front and, and share that. Um, it doesn't have to be long. We're just gonna take a few minutes here and I'm not gonna pressure you if you're not up for it. This is just an invitation to bless our community, to take a risk and to make space for the Holy Spirit to speak, not just through me, but through our community as well. And so if one of those resonates with you, I'd love for you to come forward and share. We're not looking for like your life story from you know grade four until now. Um, we do have a service at 11, but maybe you just have something short and sweet to share. Maybe, maybe God has been kind of stirring something in you this past week or month or a few months that you share. You can come forward now. I'd love for you to come and share if you feel like the Holy Spirit is kind of stirring something in you. We're just gonna take a moment. And if you know me, you know I'm very comfortable with the silence probably more comfortable than you. So we're just gonna wait uh, and see if maybe God wants to, to, to share through someone in our community, just to share a word of encouragement, of blessing. If there's something that you feel like God wants to just kind of impart to our community. My name is Ben, um, and the still small voice, there's only been a couple times in my life where I really felt that. And uh, when I was 21, I was serving in Afghanistan with the Canadian Army. And um, on March 6, 2010, one of my friends stepped on a bomb and was horribly injured. He lost his legs and his left arm. And I remember that night, I was so scared. I was like, God. I'm so, so afraid. I just want to vomit. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can go out there. I don't know if I can do what he was just doing because I have to do that again and again every day and it could happen to me. And I just prayed. I was like, God, help. And, and the still small voice came to me and it said, Ben, one day you're going to have a little girl and you're going to take her on a daddy date. And right now, I want you to just think about that. And so I did. And, and I just imagined <laughs> coming to the door and having a, a little girl and she would come and, and then just taking her to McDonald's and she would talk and I would just be so excited to listen to her. And then I came home from Afghanistan and, and I got married and my wife had leukemia and they told us that the treatment would mean that we wouldn't be able to have kids. And, and, I, and it was so hard because I was like, maybe, maybe that was a lie that I would have a little girl. Maybe it was just me. Um, but we managed to, to, have, to freeze embryos before her treatment. The treatment was delayed enough that we had the time to go through the whole process. And we were able to freeze embryos. And, and then we ended up having a little girl. And she's not here today, so it's a little easier for me to share. Um, but one day I'm gonna take her on a daddy date. And, and that's just like this truth and this hope that is so special to me and, and I don't know if I'll tell her that uh, until her wedding day because I want her to know how much she means to me from even before she was born. Uh, 
yeah. So I just felt so compelled to share that, and I, I, I didn't know why. And so when you, you asked to have people share, I think that was the Holy Spirit, definitely. So thank you. Thank you, Ben. Why don't we say thank you to Ben for sharing? Anyone else have a, a story or maybe a word for our community that they'd share? Okay, so just first off, this is absolutely terrifying for me. <laughs> so for me to step up here and do this alone is just one of those things that is the Holy Spirit kind of pushing through. Um, I'm going to try not to cry, but I can't promise that. Over the last probably, well, eight years, I've endured more trauma, more challenge than most people can even fear to have in their life. Um, I've got easily two to three books of real life miracles that myself and my family have experienced over and over and over again. And I can tell you from experience that there are times when you can tell exactly it is the Holy Spirit. Well, that answer is 1000% completely clear. And the way that I found doing that was surrender. When you have something that you're feeling in your heart and you're curious if it is God or if it is you, your desire for it, surrender it. Surrender is the key. And at that point, when you've given it up, walked away from it and just said, if this is your will, make it so. And I've put impossible standards on different things. And if you knew my story, if you knew what my family and I have had to overcome, you would understand the drastic impossibility of the standards that we've put out there. And when those standards are met, it is groundbreaking. It'll literally knock you off your feet. And at that point, you can raise your arms if you're able to, and you can say, thank you, Lord, that was you. There is no question in my mind that that is the direction you are asking us to go. So one of the um, urges that I've been given is public speaking. And actually, up until about five years ago, my biggest fear was to be a pastor. And I prayed and I begged, do not make me stand up and talk in front of people. I do not want to do that. I have the confidence, but do not make that my future. And since everything has happened in the last eight to nine years here, it has just been an absolute calling on me to get in front of people, especially young people and especially people in business. And I just, I found such an empty space in mentorship in those roles and in those places in people's lives. So as part of my business and as part of my rehab, um, my fiance and I have built a program for mentorship for young people. And I am committed over the next little bit to take that step, to go out, to put myself out there, be vulnerable. And the biggest message that I've been given is do not start with business, start with the fam, sorry, start with the church. And so with this prompting today, I, as terrified as I am, and if you can hear it in my shaky voice, I felt like I absolutely need to get up here and share this message with you guys, that there are mentorship, there are miracles, they do happen. And if you can put an impossible standard to God, you will see the miraculous happen in the earth, sorry, the supernatural happen within the natural, but it does require taking a step. And that step is absolutely terrifying. I'll put it that way. Thank you. Thanks, Lucas. I want to say thank you to Lucas. 
maybe one more person. If there's one more person in the in the room who would want to share something that they feel, yeah. Hello, my name is Waiki, and uh, I just want to talk about. Uh, I recently go through like life-changing things, and. Uh, there's a lot of things I pray for, and there's a lot of things that uh, I wish God can answer it. And uh, sometimes uh, I realize I have a very high expectation of myself, and I always like self-driven in a way where like I want I want this to happen. I, I'm so devoted in things, and I go very intense on myself. And um, I. I have hard time surrendering to God of my future and whatever it is. But then uh, I recently make that change where like, I want to surrender and it sometimes it's very hard to surrender that it's been uh, in your heart for a very long time and you just really want that thing and then you just really want to happen and you keep praying for it. And you don't know is God gonna answer, but I do believe that um, sometimes, even though when we're waiting for God answers, God is working. When we don't see God uh, is working inside you, but but God is truly working. And uh, sometimes we're we want to rush God times. We want to rush that things to happen, and we like we don't know the perfect time, but only God knows. And I think. Um, he just wants me to like come out here today. I feel like to encourage someone that whatever you prayed for and it's not been answered yet. And no matter, maybe the situation even get worse and you, you never know. And, but then I do truly believe that he will answer when the time is right. And I just want to encourage like everyone, like whatever life uh, you're going through, all the hardships, whatever it is, just keep praying and trust in God and don't get discouraged on the things that's going on because uh, sometimes our faith might go up or go down, depends on how God answers our prayers. But I think the strongest faith people experience is usually when situation get even worse, you're like, yes, God, maybe I pray for it. And may, I don't know, did you answer it or not? But it's getting worse, but I'm willing to still trust in you that even situation get worse, I will still submit myself fully to you. And I think that's, what we should learn from from Jesus and from God that uh, things doesn't maybe things might not go your way, but you still trust in God even though you don't see a single thing changing. Yeah, and that's what I want to share. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Mikey. Let me close with one final thought, and thank you for. Uh, for saying yes to the Spirit's nudge or prompting in your life. The Holy Spirit wants to empower you as you follow Jesus and as you 
reflect him to the world around you as you bear witness to Jesus. We experience this power in subtle ways and sometimes in spectacular ways, but we hold them both together. And so I don't know where you're at this morning, uh, but I just wanna invite you to take one simple step towards the Holy Spirit this morning. Maybe you're, you, this is normal, you're, you're like, this is, this is, I feel at home here, maybe this is a bit weird for you. But one small step, whatever that might be, to experience the Spirit of God in your life, His power and His presence. And so we're gonna close our time with an ancient but simple prayer. We do this thing in Alpha. Um, we have a day called um, Alpha Day or Holy Spirit Day. And at the end of that day, we just pray this simple prayer, come Holy Spirit, three words. And it's one of my absolute favorite prayers ever because it's so simple, you can't forget it. You can pray it while you're driving, you can pray it here but it's a, a prayer of invitation. Come Holy Spirit. Paul says, be filled with the Spirit. Jesus says, uh, how much more will, will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And so when we say, come Holy Spirit, we're saying, come and fill me. And so I wanna invite you, again, we do this with Alpha, but would you just kind of posture your hands in front of you just to open up your hands as a, a physical gesture of, of receiving, of opening up your heart, your life, your mind, your hands to receive the Holy Spirit. We pray, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come and fill us, Holy Spirit, we pray. Come and fill our hearts, we pray. Come and fill our lives. Come and fill our relationships, our marriages, our families. Come, Holy Spirit, fill our minds. Lord, I pray for our community that you would that you would encounter us this week, that you would fill us and form us and shape us in subtle ways, in the day-to-day -day decisions, in the everyday comings and goings, that you would meet us and, and shape us, form us into your people, form us into your image, that we might reflect you, Jesus. And I pray, God, that as we go into our weeks, into our days, into our months ahead, that you would make us sensitive to your spirit, that you would make us attentive to your voice, that we would hear your voice and obey, that we would hear your voice, Holy Spirit, and respond, that you would show up in our lives in both subtle and spectacular ways that we might know you better and reflect you to the world around us. And so God, whatever the step is this morning for each one here, would you give us courage to take it? We trust you with it. And again, we just pray, come Holy Spirit, fill us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for being with us this morning. That We're gonna just kind of close and, and just kind of continue in this moment. We're at, we have a prayer team that would, uh, that's gonna come to the front here. And you know, one of the reasons we pray is for everything we've been talking about this morning, that 
The Holy Spirit sometimes meets us in a moment and in a, sometimes in a moment of prayer. And so I don't know what life looks like for you uh, this morning. I don't know what kind of life looked like for you this week, but if you want prayer this morning, we have a team here that would just love to bless you and speak words of hope and life over you before you go into your week. And that's available for you at the front, but for the rest of us, um, we're gonna grab our kids, grab a coffee, uh, do your thing, and we will see you next week. Thanks so much for being with us. Bless you this week as you go with the power of the Holy Spirit. We'll see you next week.